Don't Look Back with Kaz Tran. Charlie Buckton uh, is growing up in country Western Australia, Corrigan, in 1965. And in the middle of the night, the, I guess, the town no-good kid, uh, Jasper Jones, who is a a 16-year-old Aboriginal boy, knocks on his window and says, I need your help. And Charlie, in that moment, his whole life shifts because what he needs help with, uh, Jasper Jones, is to solve... Uh, an awful crime that has happened uh, in the town that he thinks he's going to get in trouble for. And she jumped. And when is the town going to wake up and realise what's going on? I wish Jasper Jones had never come to my window. But at the same time, more than ever, I wish he'd visit me now. As you can probably tell, the story of Jasper Jones treads some dark and confronting ground. And today's song choice does too. But it's a choice you might find... A little surprising. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Okay, bit of chisel for us today. Bit of chisel. Playwright and actor Kate Mulvaney's life has been full of unexpected experiences and strongly driven by the power of sharing stories, both personal and fictional. I mean, I had a show on here recently called Masquerade, which was sort of the same territory. It was dealing with um, a, a child who was dying in an oncology ward, but it was also so it was a play for children, but it was also a play for adults. I don't believe as a writer in talking down to children. I think children can take it. Um, I will never go so far as to you know stamp on any parental territory, but it's really important to me that we get young people into the theatre and and give them um, a mature time in the theatre, particularly places like the Melbourne Theatre Company, which is. Um, doing great things at the moment with trying to get different kinds of audiences in to, to, to kind of drop breadcrumbs for later in life of things that they're going to have to go through, but also because we need to keep um, reinvigorating our audiences. And who knows who's going to be in that crowd? We might have uh, the next Craig Sylvie sitting watching Craig Sylvie's adaptation. We, you know, I know if, if theatre hadn't bothered to come to my country town when I was a kid, I would never, ever have this wonderful job that I have now of storytelling. So was it a special play that you remember seeing that that sort of rung out in your head? Yeah. um, The Johannesburg Theatre Company uh, came to Geraldton, Western Australia. (laughs) Random? (laughs) It came to Geraldton and Melbourne. They were the only theatres it came to because randomly Geraldton has a really big theatre. Um, but no one ever came to it oh. except Johannesburg Theatre Company and they brought Tartuffe, the Moliere, play Tartuffe. Well, now I've got a chance to speak at last. I'm telling you, the wisest thing my son has ever done is to install Tartuffe, whom God has sent here just when he was needed to save your souls when you had gone astray. I don't know what you're sniggering about. If you want to laugh, go to an asylum. I'll say no more. Goodbye, my dear. I take a very dim view of all this. And I went and saw it with my mum's friend who um, had escaped apartheid in South Africa and uh, was teaching in Geraldton. And I watched this play that had me... I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I couldn't believe that it was live and they were that anything could happen. It was set on a trapeze and I knew that that, that person could fall at any moment and 
It was it made me laugh and it made me cry and and I had a response that I had never had to television or film or even a song. I just had this visceral response to this pratfalling kind of show. And then afterwards, Mrs. Newman, my friends, my my mum's friend, said, "That boy playing Tartuffe, I taught him in South Africa." Maybe we can go to stage door and meet him. And then there was this stage door. What is a stage door? And we went round the back of the theatre and the stage door opened and I saw these actors. They were sweating, they were half naked, they were taking off their makeup, they were hugging each other, they were laughing and drinking. And I went, I want to be that. I want that. I want to be what they're doing. And... Um, the man who played Tartuffe saw Mrs Newman and dropped to his knees and said, I never thought I'd see you again. I thought you were dead. And it was just this incredible crash of worlds and and cultures and stories in that one moment that I just decided I want to be part of it. But thank God that theatre company said, we will go to a country town because I was sitting in amongst that, you know, crowd and it was my life changed. That sounds like such a random event to have just <laughs> yeah. dropped onto your doorstep. Yeah. Um, well, now you talk about you talked about Tartuffe coming yes. to your little town, Geraldton, um, <laughs> a significant moment. So I'm, I'm not sure whether your song choice is going to live up to that. <laughs> I, <laughs> but is there a song that somehow measures up a little bit to that experience that still uh, resonates with you? There sure was. Uh, it's I listen to this song at least once a week because if I don't, I miss it. And it, the song is K-San. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Okay, bit of chisel for us today. Bit of chisel. Now, uh, okay, like, fess up, Kate. How, <laughs> how long have you been a, a chisel fan or is it just this song? No, I'm a huge chisel fan. Right. Um, I come from country, Western Australia, so, okay, you know. Right. My dad is also a Vietnam veteran, however. Oh, okay. And uh, I find Don Walker's lyrics the most um, insightful and the most right uh, and correct description, I guess, of my father's life mm. and his existence uh, after the war. And uh, and, I, and obviously that song was so much a part of growing up in Geraldton. It was just always on, you know, at the blue light discos. And But, of course, everyone always knows that line, the last plane out of Sydney, although it's often misquoted as the last train out of Sydney is almost gone. But... So for many years, that was all I kind of, it was all the, all the other words, you kind of waited for the song to kind of get to that moment of the last plane out of Sydney's on And it wasn't until I was um, in my teens and my dad was going through a really, really hard time dealing with his uh, demons, I guess, from the Vietnam War that I noticed the word Vietnam in the song and really sat down and listened to the words and realised for the first time what the rest of the words were saying and that was, to a T, my dad's life, about a guy working on the roads who's suffering terribly, has um, bad nightmares, has the shakes, uh, doesn't know quite how to maintain a relationship um, and was a sapper. Wow. And and I, for the first time, um, felt like I had a conversation with my father through someone else's words. And a few years after that, uh, I was driving across the Nullarbor with my dad 
and I put on K-San. I said, Dad, do you know this song? He said, yeah, yeah I've, I've heard that song. I said, no, but have you really listened to it? And I kind of was quoting the, the lyrics to him as we were driving across the Nullarbor and he went really quiet and he said, put it on again. And we listened to it, I think, about seven times in a row. Wow. K-San, K-San, K-San. And, um, and so it's a really important song to me and my dad and, and a lot of Vietnam veterans out there. And if I had the chance to ever meet Don Walker, I think I'd just embrace him and say thank you so much for not, because it doesn't just give my dad a voice, it gives his family a voice too. All of his songs do for, for Vietnam veterans and, yeah, their, yeah. and their families. Yeah. Wow, that's given me a chill, serious chill <laughs> listening to that story. It's not just a bogan song. The amazing thing about that song it's it's a it's a perfect mishmash of everything. It starts with a beautiful piano intro, which you don't expect when it's a song about a Vietnam veteran addicted to Novocaine, and you know, and then it doesn't really have a chorus. It just it's just verse after verse after verse, and then into a refrain. And so you you kind of wait for that refrain. Um, that's what it's most known for. So to watch Dad's face in the middle of the the middle of Australia, where there's, there was literally nothing around us. And to watch his face shift as he took in every word and and, and, and Barnsley's amazing, amazing, the expression in his voice, it was just quite an extraordinary thing to do seven times in a row. Well, how did it sway your dad? I mean, you saw his face change. I mean... He kind of, he kind of grinned. It was this very wry grin of, um, of recognition that when Don Walker has written about, you know having sex with a Southeast Asian prostitute or, you know, this, you know, or the, or the how car parks make me jumpy. Yeah. Those amazing pops of yeah. lines and thoughts and honesty. unfortunately followed them home um, or, or got stuck in their soul uh, and and as a result it gets stuck in the souls of the families and and in the, the case of my father and I um, I was an agent orange baby I was I was born with the um, effects of dioxin which was the herbicide that they sprayed over there so I kind of got the seed of my father's war um, literally in my blood yeah. and still is and so I needed aunts. And it was around that time that I kind of discovered that I uh, couldn't have children because of this um, and that a lot of my medical issues, my cancer, uh, was from something that my dad breathed in in a war that he was conscripted to fight in that he never wanted to go to. Uh, so I had a lot of anger. And, uh, and, and the song, it was around that time that K-San, I first heard K-San and I heard those words and, and I decided I wanted to write after hearing Don Walker's lyrics. I wanted to write about this. Um, it was Don Walker's lyrics. It was my um, revelations to me made by doctors that I just didn't know were related to Agent Orange. And so I had my dad, and he was the only person I could really, really say, Dad, what happened? What, what do we do? Where do we go? How do you deal with this? Are you dealing with it? 
and I wrote um, I wrote out about twenty questions that ranged from tell me about Vietnam to um, how did you feel when you found out I was born with cancer and he said I can't answer them I can't answer them but I'll, I'll um, do you have a fax where you are this is way back when and I said yeah I was working at the Sydney Theatre Company at the time and I said I do I do have a fax they have a fax at work and the next day 17 pages of handwritten answers came through to the Sydney Theatre Company from my dad wow. uh, answering these questions and that was the start of the seed don't you understand me dad Find your own story, Rose. Stop fading off mine. You are one of my stories, my most important story. Don't use me as an excuse, Rose. You're here because you ran away. So what is it that, that you think you say, you know, you hear it on a weekly basis, you miss it otherwise? Yeah, I think on a... Uh, what does it still do for you it's now? It's still just every every time I hear that song, the, the, the keyboard jangling at the start and and hear Barnsley's voice, uh, I just... Uh, Flame Trees is the same for me. Um, there's just something deep in my West Australian heart that kind of starts thumping and, and I... It's also a nice reminder that I'm, my dad's not the only Vietnam veteran and I'm not the only Agent Orange child and it's that there's a community of, uh, of people that need to have a dialogue and do and are having a dialogue now uh, and that makes me happy. Whereas K-San, I used to listen to and feel kind of angry. Um, now, also thanks to The Seed, the journey The Seed has been on and the, the literally hundreds of people around the world that contact me because they are um, Vietnam veterans or families of Vietnam veteran or children, I just I now listen to K-San and kind of feel warmth and, and I feel like whoever that man is, that Barnsley is, is being in that song, I reckon he's okay. The incredibly warm and courageous Kate Mulvaney. Don't Look Back is produced by me, Kaz Tran. Please leave your thoughts about what you're hearing wherever you pick up your podcasts. I really do appreciate your input and feedback. For more music from your past, present and future, head to doublej.net.au. Next week on Don't Look Back, comedian and Aussie food analyst Ivan Aristogueta. I don't want to be that, that foreigner going, you know, the, these people, they eat, talking to another foreigner, they, these people, they eat this thing, it tastes like burnt plastic with salt. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to say bad things about Vegemite. I want to understand why. For more songs that changed it all, subscribe now to Double J's Don't Look Back podcast.